And we are live. I'm your host, Mirko Schmiedel, CEO of Staking Rewards, and you're listening to the Staking Mondays podcast, where we provide weekly actionable insights from the staking industry to investors, professionals, and beginners. My special guest this week is Laszlo from Kiln. Kiln is an enterprise-grade staking provider based in Paris. They offer a variety of products and services, especially for enterprises. Customers can directly stake on their platform or white-label staking solutions into their own systems via API or smart contracts. Laszlo Zabo is the CEO and co-founder of Kiln. He founded the company in January 2018, convinced that Web3 will lead to a more distributed and transparent society. Before that, he built companies in tech recruitment and has extensive knowledge in the Web3 industry and especially infrastructure. Today, we are going to talk about Kiln's most recent Series A fundraise, uh, their roadmap, and how the staking industry is going to move forward. Laszlo, welcome to the Staking Mondays. Uh, it's great to have your show. I'm really excited um, for this episode. Hi, Mirko. Um, thanks for having me. Very excited to be here as well. Awesome. So first of all, congratulations. Um, you just uh, announced the Series A round for Kiln, uh, basically on end of November, I believe. Uh, you announced that you raised 17 million from uh, Consensus, GSR, Kraken Ventures, um, led by Luminate Financial. Um, and that's so great to hear because it, it just confirms the staking industry is like a, a key vertical in the blockchain uh, space and uh, like there, there are tons of innovations happening of course like around uh, liquid staking MEV and like um, all of this stuff um, but there's uh, so many market opportunities left and Kiln is obviously at the forefront of that so um, I'm wondering like how was it for you guys um, to raise in this current market environment where everything is a little bit like um, settled you could say um, and did you see any objections from investors and like do you feel like the the interest is cooling off or is it like um, very stable for the staking space, for example. Yeah, um, very good point. So that wasn't easy, um, of course. Um, we, we we kind of started the race before summer and, and due to, to market prices and, and bear markets, um, I wouldn't say it was the best time for us to, um, to raise. Um, but still, uh, because we had clients, uh, strong products, um, we also had a vision for the staking industry. Um, <clears throat> most of our clients, partners, or, or your VCs as well, uh, kind of followed us. Uh, that was great. Um, yeah, this being said, um, I think one of the objections of some of the VCs were, oh, staking and running validators will become a commodity, um, which we don't entirely uh, think, to be honest, but, um, but still we, we were um, able to show that we can build aggregation products um, that, that will enable the multi-staking provider future. And, and I think that that's what convinced uh, our investors in, in this round. All right. So it was basically the fact that um, you're not only providing validator services, but you're also an aggregator that kind of convinced the investors in the end? Yeah, 100%. All right. Yeah, that's that's very interesting. Um, and what would you actually suggest to other founders and teams um, that are raising right now in the current market environment? Yeah, <clears throat> first of all, I would say, um, you know, stay uh, bullish. Um, don't don't be depressed about bear market. Um, 2024 uh, will eat. And and especially if you are in the staking industry, um, we, we very uh, might uh, you're very impacted by by cycles and 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 you know remember that you're in a bear market and, and the bull market will, will will come back for sure and second is like do as much calls as you can 
um, spread your risk on fundraising. So if you can take 50, 100, 150 calls um, with investors from all over the planet, um, it's great um, because because you, you can you can play with that um, on finding a great lead. Yes, and last but not least, I think tech industry has been very impacted in terms of um, of funding and, and, mo- and money flowing in, into their um, different categories, either retail, marketplace, and so forth. Uh, in crypto, we still have the chance to have these funds that raised a ton of money to still invest in beer market startups. So yeah, don't um, be bullish. All right. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, and obviously, it's also like a lot of the dedication from your side. You already started the company in like January 2018. Um, like, how was the journey for you since then? And now like raising the Series A round, um, it's like, it would be interesting to hear a little bit from your perspective, like what were like your, um, like what did you see in the market when you started the company in like beginning of 2018? And how did this change over time? Right. Um, yeah. So if, if I um, would tell you that I knew that staking would be a, um, a huge industry, maybe Miracle, you understood that. I didn't. Um, I, you know, in 2019, nine, seven, 2017, 19, uh, 18, sorry, I, I just wanted to be um, in crypto. I just wanted to build um, a blockchain company. I, I discovered Bitcoin in, in 2014 uh, through a guy called Adam Treadman, who was CEO of BRD Wallet. Now it was been bought by Coinbase. Uh, it's Coinbase Wallet. Um, then I had a friend at Consensus in 2016. So it, it really explained to me Ethereum and, and smart contracts. So I bought my Ethereum and, and 2017 was the crazy uh, ICO period. And I, I obviously followed that. Um, and, and then at the end of the year, it's like, okay, I, I should move full time to the space. This is way too exciting. Uh, I want to be part of the decentralized future. Um, so I launched my first kind of products um, around HR. So HR certification, background certification on, on Ethereum, because I, I, I'm, I launched my first startup uh, back in 2015 as a tech recruitment company. And then we, we pivoted. We, we basically understood that um, the space needed some scaling tools, such as you know, RPC endpoints as a service, like uh, private node as a service, uh, public node as a service. Um, I, I'm, I knew the Cosmos guys since 2018, so I've seen um, Game of Stake, but I wouldn't take um, the staking industry as like, big enough or serious enough to, um, to launch a product um, in that category. And I was, you know, I was wrong, um, frankly. I think, I think I just missed it. And then um, in 2019, looking at companies like Bison Trails, um, I saw the opportunity for uh, institutional staking products. Um, and obviously, I, I understood uh, staking would be the core primitive of blockchains. Most of the blockchains out there will be uh, proof of stake and not proof of work. So I was like, okay, maybe that's um, that's the time to um, to join. Um, yeah, and we we've been building uh, institutional staking products since then, right? Um, since three years now. That's awesome. Yeah, it's great to hear that you actually started not with with staking, but you um, just saw like certain needs in the industry and um, started a company around that, and then it evolved um, to become a staking company in the end, um, which is great. Like. Um, like you, you mentioned, especially like the need from enterprise clients for like staking solutions. And, 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 and by the way, yeah. sorry to cut you a bit. Um, staking rewards. I remember an article in 2020. Um, it's called about the corporate 
uh, validators. Um, maybe uh, I think Gleb and, and New Miracle like um, wrote, wrote that. And uh, yeah, I thought that was um, visionary, right? I've, I look at that, I was like, wow, uh, right. In the future, slashing and running validators will be the job of serious companies um, with great brands, great reputation. And I don't see why these corporates won't uh, offer staking in the future or even run validators themselves. So yeah, thanks for that article. That was, that's, that was a great one. Definitely. Yeah, it was the blockchain infrastructure thesis. Um, yeah, like mainly um, due to Glab's efforts as well um, for, for him working at T-Systems and pushing for a staking operation there. Um, obviously, yeah, um, there, there's so much and, and, and it just confirms your business case as well, right? Like institutions, like they, they all want to stake. Um, and obviously these uh, solutions are sought after to be like very sophisticated and um, like what do you see like are the biggest needs from enterprise clients compared to like let's say retail clients like what are the different um, like how, how do they approach staking and um, when do they pivot into staking like what are the requirements that they need to see from a product side <clears throat> yeah that's a very good question um, and if you if you look at about uh, if, you, if you look at it if you look at the staking market right since 2018 it was pretty much a retail market uh, such as DeFi um, same um, you would have an uh, adoption from uh, from people investing in, in the ICOs and then delegating to uh, to the different um, delegated proof of stake validators uh, such as on Solana or or other um, uh, DPoS chains. Um, we pretty much uh, see uh, a major part of the adoption in the future, uh, starting now, coming from institutions. And um, this being said, they will need, and you know, uh, most in, and foremost after the FTX event, they will need an identify company, right? So that <clears throat> it's, it's stupid to say, but that you're deposited somewhere. Um, they will need um, maybe you know regulation in the future. So um, I'm pretty sure um, the US or Europe, either Mika in Europe or um, the SEC or um, other uh, associations uh, and regulators in, in, in the US will put a staking license at some point. Uh, staking needs to be regulated, not as uh, custody, not as lending. Uh, it's a different product. Uh, it has different risk, but it should be regulated 100%. Um, then, yeah, in, in insurance, right? Our uh, customers, they want to see that um, if they want to be insured, we, we have an answer for that. Um, sometimes they ask for dedicated validators, um, either, you know, exchanges or custodians. Um, they, they always want, uh, to a certain extent, to have dedicated validators, either for uh, KYC reasons uh, or just like for monitoring and performance reasons. Um, and, and what we offer as well is different tools on top of the validator, um, the staking API, which will connect to custodians, um, the rewards API that will give uh, the right data on staking. I mean, I'm not going to uh, explain, um, you know, to staking rewards why data in staking is so important. And you, you, I think you know this pain point still, the data in the staking industry is like, you know, it's really early days. Uh, we need to improve uh, on many aspects. Um, and, you know, smart contract automation, all of this uh, makes, a, you know, kind of a secure flow to stake um, 
institutional assets from custodians or from an exchange. So that, that's that's what I would, I would say differs from a retail staking provider that will just pop up a validator and work on his marketing aspects, maybe doing podcasts or having a great website and an institutional one that, that will focus on insurances, dedicated validators, all the tools that to, to connect to custodians and exchanges and, and regulation or, or certification, right? We are SOC2 type one. Um, and I don't recall of any staking provider at the moment being also SOC2 type one. Um, so you see like this, this stamps of you have high security standards um, is quite important for these institutions and for them to trust you staking. Yeah, definitely. I can imagine like a lot of the big institutions, they also have like uh, approval processes and then it just requires certain standards. And um, you mentioning like the, the data side, obviously like there's not much visibility on the data. Like it's very, very underexplored. Um, maybe we've seen like five to 10% of what we can do, maybe even less um, on the data side. Um, and I think th that alone will unlock like a lot of um, opportunities um, and onboard a lot of like new institutions as well. Like right now the accounting is still like horrible and so on. Um, so like, what do you think, like if we get to like onboard, like, or like if we get to like solving all of these issues or challenges um, for the market that still like holds institutions back partly, like how big do you think is the total uh, addressable market that the TAM for the staking industry or like for especially Kirin as well with your products right i think um it's you know it's obviously hard to give a number but i would say um if you want to do a, a very simple calculation is like you take all the um, the proof of stake um chains um uh, and, and you combine them in market cap which which by the way staking rewards usually do uh, well and, and then you, you think, you know, on average, there might be 50 to 60% of all tokens that will be staked on all of these chains, right? It's not the case yet for Ethereum for many reasons. Um, the merge, um, Shanghai Fork, and, 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 and then obviously, you know, kind of like better product to, to bring maybe liquidity or, or uh, easiness of staking. But yeah, that's, that's, that's what will be the case. I think 50 to 60% of all these um, tokens will be staked on these proof of stake chains. And, and then you have the, yeah, you have the time, right? Um, you have the number of assets um, that will be staked. And if you think that there's a, maybe Ethereum is going to represent 50% of the staking market. Right now, it's 16% of all ETH that are staked. In the future, maybe uh, 50 to 60 to 70%. Um, and then with the next bull market and the price um, doubling or tripling or do it, doing a 10x for the, these emerging protocols, yeah, you could, you could think in the next 24 to 30, 36 months that the staking market will, will do a 10x in value. Um, I mean, at, at least that's what we think. Um, yeah, I don't know if that's uh, that answers your question. That's what you think. Like, if we get into a bull market again, or like in in general, like even under the like, if the market conditions remain stable, kind of. Yeah. So uh, the staking market is is um, driven by by two factors: um, first, the adoption, and second, the price. Right. Um, <clears throat> so if if you get more ad adoption, which we, we, we think I think uh, we'll have specifically on Ethereum. 
Um, and then if, if the price goes up again, um, you know, obviously the market will ultimately um, um, increase. Um, if, if, you, if you look at um, 2021, a lot of these emerging protocols, uh, emerging proof of stake protocols lost um, 85, 90, 95% of, uh, in value. So, uh, you know, if you're bullish enough and think um, in, in the next bull, this um, value will, will come back or even increase um, and, and break uh, all-time highs, um, then, then you, you, can, you can think the market will, uh, will, will, will more than, than, than do a 10x um, in the next 36 months, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, Ethereum right now already has like more than twice of the next biggest proof of stake network staked and only 13% in Ethereum are staked. So um, if the assumptions of like 50 to 60% are correct, then like there's um, still a lot of capital basically to be to be unlocked, especially on Ethereum. Um, yeah, so um, for, for you, and so you, you raised 17 million um, just to like expand Kiln and like build your products and so on. Um, what are your next steps and milestones for Kiln and what's on the roadmap for the next, um, like, yeah, 24 to 36 months, like in this growth phase for staking? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah. I'll, I'll maybe stick to the 24, right? Because 36 months in crypto, that's insane. Um, very hard to answer that question. But uh, yeah, first of all, um, the raise will serve for the team, uh, our biggest assets, um, and the reason we we have we think we have great products uh, it's because we we have a, a, an amazing team we are 35 people now uh, a little bit spread in uh, everywhere in europe um we have our main office in paris but yeah getting um 15 to uh, 35 um, more people in the next 12 months that um being being 50 to 75 persons uh, that that's that's what uh, we think uh, on every position right devops smart contract back end developers Finance, uh, as you mentioned, uh, miracles like um, the accounting uh, settlement is is quite hard to do in crypto in crypto and staking. Um, so, so yes, having more people and and these persons will focus on our run, reinforcing our products. So, can connect and kill non chain. We'll, we we might come back to that later. Um, also, building a liquid collective um, with uh, Kraken Coinbase um, and. Yeah, um, we might in, in 24 months, we might extend our suite of products um, outside staking and, and, and start to offer maybe uh, DeFi products. Um, I can't tell you more about it because it, it's still very much in, in, a, in brainstorm in the company. But ultimately, uh, what FTX showed is like staking is a great yield and then DeFi uh, is as well. So uh, our customers, at the end of the day, they are seeking for risk rewards, um, and you know having the, the safest yield with the um, lowest um, uh, lowest risk and 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 the highest rewards, and and you can find that in DeFi um, as well. Yeah, definitely, and especially probably with like DeFi and staking kind of merging more and more with liquid staking products. And you also mentioned the the liquid staking collective, which does exactly that for enterprise clients as well. Um, and I believe like, um, I think we, we also have a survey in our, uh, staking ecosystem report that's going to come out soon. Um, on like, I think 81%, um, of the people are looking into are already using liquid staking products. Um, but a lot of them are still like kind of on the fence because they, they also see risks. So it just makes sense to build more sophisticated solutions on that side. Um, but there's clearly a, a very high demand. Um, and 
obviously like the the staking market is very like um like there's a lot of things happening and you at kiln also have a very broad product suit like you already mentioned kiln connect and kiln on chain uh you have the the kiln dashboard for enterprises and you also run validators kiln validators um if you had to pick one of these verticals like what would you say is your your main product and like what is your absolute sweet spot at kiln and yeah. maybe elaborate on the product a bit yeah yeah that, that's a very good question <clears throat> and i think uh, i'll pick on connect on on chain because it it's uh, theoretically does the same uh, right um it, it just like one is is on all dpos protocols and the other one is specifically on ethereum um these are uh, aggregators to enable um, a multi-staking provider future um, and and for our clients. Clients would be primarily custodians, exchanges, wallets, and then um, you know, market makers, uh, crypto funds, um, funds in the industry. What um, what Kiln Connect does, for example, is, is that it's, it's an SDK um, that wrap the connection to custodians. So let's say uh, ledger enterprises, or five blocks um, or other custodians that, that we are integrating now. And it can programmatically stake and stake. So you can you can uh, use the API if you're a market maker and automate, automatize the, the, the staking function, or you can just push a, a um, one-click staking integration from this custodian. Um, and then it gives you the right data, right? Um, we run uh, aggregators, we, we run indexers on all of these chains so that you know exactly how much you're going to earn block per block if you stake your Solana from five blocks or if you stake your NIR. Um, so that's Kiln Connect. Um, and it, it works, it's validator agnostic, right? So um, if, I don't know, five blocks uh, works uh, with two or three different staking providers, they can use Kiln Connect on top um, to integrate other staking providers faster. Um, and, and again, to get the right data of like how much a customer is, is earning um, staking Solana, choosing one of these providers. It it's also enables a, an easiness of spreading the stake, right? So I don't know, if you are, let's say, uh, let's take an example, GSR, and you want to use three staking providers, why, why would you like to, to, to use three staking providers? Because first, you, it, you, know, you, you make it more decentralized. That, that's what uh, staking and, and, and um, validation power is, is, is all about. And second, you spread your risk, right? The, the largest um, risk in staking is slashing. And, and the, right, the, the, the main reason um, one company or another company could be slashed is just because they, um, they, they, they had their operation wrong or they, get it, they got act or something like that. So spreading the risk and um, decentralizing the protocol more and more is really important for these, these institutions. They understand that. So Kin Connect does that. And Kin on Chain, it's, ba it's basically a smart contract that allows um, any amount of ETH to be staked in one transaction and then to automatize um, the rewards, right? On Ethereum, you have this um, protocol rule that 100% of the rewards goes to one um, to it's not delegated in that sense. It goes to one wallet, uh, the one that's staked. So the smart contract allows for uh, us uh, or our partners to take a commission. Um, yeah, so uh, again, these two products, uh, and again, Kiln on Chain is, is uh, validator agnostic. So um, Ledger um, Live and Ledger Enterprise uh, uses Kiln on Chain on top and us at validator in the backend, but in the future, they might... Uh, use other validators again to spread uh, the risk, to offer choice to the client and and to make the, these networks more decentralized. 
That makes sense. And like with the Kiln validators directly integrated into Kiln Connect, do you see any like potential conflict of interest there um, for like running the infrastructure, but also running the aggregator at the same time? That's a good point. Um, <clears throat> you know, if we weren't running validators, I guess we would have never um, come up with these solutions um, because we we we, did, we wouldn't uh, get the pain point of like getting the right data for our clients or spreading the risk. I think um, it's it's not uh, really a conflict of interest, um, at least for us, <clears throat> because. Are, we came from the second wave of staking providers, right? So we, we are not as big as the retail or even one or two uh, institutional staking provider that launched in 2018. Uh, so we, 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 we came in 2021, 2022 and said, okay, uh, the, the market will need a, a multi-staking provider future. Um, so in, in that sense, um, we just listened to our clients and we realized, okay, that's, what, that, that's evidence. Anytime we are speaking to a very large institution that want to offer staking to their users, they would love to have different providers. The reason sometimes they don't, it's because it takes time to integrate a staking provider. So it's like, okay, why, why not you know, launching a product that, that uh, does it um, in, in, in a super uh, fast way? And, and why not pushing our other friends, uh, staking providers to work with us on that? So yeah, we, we, don't, we don't see much... Um, we don't see much uh, a conflict of interest um, there. Yeah. And I mean, it's actually, it's crucial for decentralization as well to be able to spread the stake easily. Um, and I think it's exactly what you mentioned. It's like right now, it's still like pretty complex um, setting up like a distributed um, like uh, validator set kind of, um, but it will become even easier um, to like for institutions to delegate to like many different validators at the same time. Um, yeah, yeah, and, and he, that's a parallel to, to what happened to um, after the FTX event. One of the reasons these exchanges in the earn section had so many centralized lending uh, versus staking, right? So if you go to Gemini, you get an eight uh, percent on all of these coins. Um, why was it coming from uh, Genesis and not from the you know the staking yield? Um, you wouldn't have uh, this this problem and default of, of the of the earn section if uh, if they would be much more staking uh, in there. The reason is that it was much easier for all of these exchanges to call Genesis a week after they were live, offering eight to nine percent on all of these tokens, than offering staking that would take them like months of integration, right? Um, so it's it's not that the staking yield the staking yield is much better than the centralized lending yield, it, but we still have to make products for them to integrate faster so that um, they don't see a, a pain um, versus centralized lending, uh, and that's kind of, yeah, that's kind of our mission. Yeah, and obviously, like it always comes with a like uh, an increased risk as well, or like at least potentially uh, increased risk um, going with like DeFi instead of staking was like staking is supposedly one of the safest yields um, in the crypto market. Um, do, do, do you agree with that narrative? Like you, you're also thinking about going into DeFi products. Um, like how do you see the, the risk profile of like um, DeFi versus staking, for example? Yeah. Um, yeah. I think I agree with that first short, short answer. <laughs> Um, DeFi, you still have, um, you know, if you, 
the very good example is like um, it's staking versus liquid staking. Um, you know, staking is, is not DeFi and liquid staking start to be DeFi. So uh, what is the additional risk you, have, you find on top of a liquid staking protocol? You have a smart contract risk. You have the secondary market risk uh, of, you know, the, the liquid staking or the receipt, to uh, receipt token that can depack from, from the native assets. Uh, we've seen that with, with, with Lido, but uh, frankly, it could happen uh, with any of other liquid staking protocol. Um, so yes, these these are um, uh, you know additional risk um, that that you wouldn't find in staking. Uh, but still, again, the the advantage of DeFi um, it's everything happens on chain, very transparent. You, you I mean, supposedly you you know what you're buying, and and uh, if you, if you really look at what's happening in the back end, so. Um, so yeah, after staking, I, I would say uh, DeFi is now the second um, safest yield in the market. And then obviously, uh, you know, saying DeFi as main category is is um, there's a spectrum of, of of different risk that you can find on DeFi if you use Maker, Aave, Compound, or uh, much more exotic uh, DeFi um, products uh, in options or future, uh, uh, for example. Yeah, yeah. No, that makes sense. It's definitely way more differentiated, um, but also probably expecting the, the staking yield to be um, further differentiated with products like what you are building, for example, and so on, that there are different risk profiles, even on, on staking itself. Um, just going back to the Kill and Connect, like you, you as a staking aggregator, um, how do you actually like monetize that? What's the What's the pricing like? So if um, like a delegator would stake through your solution, basically, you would like just take a, a fee of the cut and the validator gets another um, fee or like how, how does this work actually? Yeah, um, that's, that's pretty much it. Um, we will take um, a very small fee on, um, you know, on top of, of all the, the validators that, that we uh, aggregate. Um, this being said, on the re so can connect comes with um, the the hardest parts of the product, I would say, which and you know that which is the rewards API, right? So all the data around staking, um, uh, the the the, uh, the account balance, um, notification when when the stake just happened, the the obviously the, the rewards per block uh, uh, on all of these protocols. So this product might be sell more uh, as a SaaS model um right so you um you you would pay for different companies um, um a monthly uh a price um yeah in, in a normal SaaS model and and the reason for that is that we realized um some of our clients don't need can connect straightforward but they need um a part of the sdk which is the rewards api um so it's it's quite new in our uh, DNA, I would say, uh, but we're starting to monetize in the SaaS model. Um, the, the these past week, actually, yeah. All right, no, that's very interesting. Yeah, and um, looking into the landscape of like um, other staking providers um, or like other like um, companies in the industry, like um, who who would you say are your main competitors for enterprise grade staking, and like what what makes you different here, um, and maybe also like. Um, it would be interesting to hear a little bit how you work together with like Alluvial as well and like um, how that uh, yeah partnership works. Yep. 
so I won't mention names because um, I have so many friends in this street. So if I don't mention them, they 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 will they will, <laughs> they will um, be mad. Um, and and you know some so so many friends that I, I met also in Lisbon because of your uh, amazing staking rewards dinner or or the great event that you launched. Um, but I, I would say um, there's, I mean, in, in, in our mind, there, there's few institutional staking providers. Um, and, and how do we see that is like when we are on large deals, custodians, exchanges, wallets, um, we usually face very few companies, uh, if I might say. Um, and these companies are, um, uh, you know, most often in in Americas and and, and less less in Europe. Um, <clears throat> that's that's what we we kind of realized. Um, then we on the, the on chain product is it's is quite um, unique and we, we don't see much of a direct competition uh, nowadays. The 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 can connect. Um, there might be one or two other companies working on that. And then uh, on the rewards API and everything data staking related. They, you know there they are different companies working on this problem. Rate and network is a, is a, is a very good one. For example, my friend Elias, that I'm, I'm sure you know. Um, so, um, yeah, this being said, on, on Alluvial, we... It, yeah, it, so coming back, Alluvial Liquid Collective, um, we met a year and a half ago with uh, Lorian, CEO of Figment. So you see, like, one of our um, largest competitors, um, and we, you know, we, we both were working with Lido. Uh, we work um, with Lido since um, beginning of 2021, where's the second wave of um, infrastructure providers supporting Lido. Um, and we thought Lido was an amazing product. The Lido team, you know, is amazing. Uh, I love them. Um, uh, shout out to, to Easy, um, a very good friend of mine, but, but you know, EE, Constantine, Vasily, all these guys are amazing. Um, we just realize that the institutions would need uh, an institutional product. That's what we realized with Lorian, uh, CEO Figment, I think a year and a half ago when we met. And we were like, okay, let's try to, to build a standard together. Um, and it's, all, it's also good for the ecosystem, right? It's like Lido is taking so much criticism of like um, agri um, concentrating um, a lot of validation power that it's good that there is a good competitor out there. Um, so Alluvial Liquid Collective <clears throat> is different to Lido in, in two ways, two folds. First, there's KYC um, in and out uh, of the protocol. So you ensure all the funds that are locked in the protocol are KYC ML compliance. Then the, the liquid staking token or the receipt token can be pegged on the rest of DeFi. So permissionless DeFi doesn't have to be a KYC uh, DeFi environment. And the second is like, we call it higher security standards. So there will be security audits on the staking providers. Um, they um, will, will, will maybe um, ask for different certifications for these staking providers to have, you know, in order to, 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 to validate um, the, um, um, the, the, the blocks um, of, this, of this liquid staking protocol. And, and what we do at Kiln is we basically um, build all the protocol, the smart contracts, the error call, um, the APIs for the integrators on the Ethereum part of the, 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 the collective. Um, there they might be other teams uh, that will uh, do Solana, Polkadot, and all the other protocols, but we, we are the, the, the protocol um, 
builders or specialists, if you will, of Ethereum on Alluvium. Yeah. All right, that's great. And so it's actually like a, a chance that Lido um, cooperates with Alluvial or like that, that Lido kind of uh, launches like a, a KYC um, like uh, staked ease or something from Lido directly or like is, is there a chance like this or is like um, Alluvial like its own kind of product in itself or like um, can it be implemented from, from other liquid staking protocols, for example, as well? Yeah, so first off, I have to say that I still have, um, I personally, uh, I'm, not, I'm not saying that's the case for, for anyone at Liquid Collective, I still have very, very close relationship to the LIDA team, um, just because we, we owe them a lot and, um, and I'm very close to, um, to, to these folks. So um, we, we usually um, catch up um, on quarterly basis just to, um, to see how we could... Uh, improve standards in the industry and, 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 you know, make Ethereum more decentralized, which is ultimately, you know, our, our goal uh, from, um, from all of us. So this being said, um, I don't personally think you asking the question, so I can tell you my friend and answer. I don't personally think Lido will launch um, a KYC version at the core protocol, um, just because I'm not sure their community would um, understand that today. Um, regarding all the criticism that they received. Uh, uh, this being said, it's, um, it doesn't prevent another company to build a KYC version on top of Lido. You see the difference? Um, so the yeah. core Lido team uh, won't, I think, won't build it, but you never know what, um, what anyone could build on top. Yeah, that would be interesting to explore. Obviously, yeah, it, it probably wouldn't make sense for the spectrum of, of Lido itself. Um, but yeah, maybe someone will, will come along and build something on top of that. Um, and, and that's the cool thing about the liquid staking and, and DeFi that it's like composable in general. Um, and, 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 build, and, and uh, just, just being said, like, I think, um, uh, alluvial slash liquid collective is, is kind of the, um, the major, uh, I would say the only one, but I would say the, yeah, the major institutional, um, offering right now in the market. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. And so, um, We, we have one question from the audience here, like which partners is Kiln integrated with? It would be great to hear from you, like, um, like which other partner, like who else are you working with um, compared to like Alluvia? Like I know you are integrated in, in Ledger, right? And um, like you mentioned Coinbase Wallet. And how does this work exactly? Maybe elaborate a little bit on, on the other partners that you work with. Yeah, um, I, I think, <clears throat> I mean, I, I didn't mention Coinbase Wallet as like uh, we integrated to them. Um, um, I mean, Coinbase Wallet could be a great, a great partner, but we, 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 we haven't uh, say anything public uh, about it yet um, and, and might never. <laughs> uh, so this being said, yeah, we work with Ledger. Ledger is a, is a, is a good one. Ledger is using on-chain, so you, you, you can stake now batches of 32 ETH in one transaction And then um, the rewards, we take 8% commission and the rewards uh, are this, this uh, dispatching uh, are then automated through a smart contract. You will be able in Q1 to stake any amount of ETH. So, you know, basically a liquid staking um, kind of UX, um, the things, thing you can do with Lido, but without a liquid staking token. It's still very direct staking so that you can manage your, your profile risk. Uh, you might say, okay, Lido is amazing um, uh, if I'm a, re a, like, a consumer using the Ledger Live, uh, but 
I also want to directly stake on the network because um, there they might be a, a risk associated to, um, to a liquid staking token Lido. Um, then we work with Binance US. That's, a, that's another uh, exchange that um, uh, <laughs> we work with Binance US, another exchange that we work with. Um, and they, they, Binance US uh, might use can connect in the future to automatize everything so that if someone in, on Binance stake their Solana, um, then the flow of staking is automated through one of the um, B2B custodian that they use in the backend, right? So it's everything, everything automated and you don't have to, because that, that used to be the case. You have to understand how, how um, these exchanges work. Um, they used to have someone in the backend that would take a Ledger Nano and every day stake manually and look at how many people on, the, on this exchange you know, uh, staked um, per day, and 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 it, 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 they would do it manually uh, through a ledger nano. Like you know, this is um, this is an old time, and 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 everything will will be automated through B two B custodians in the future. Um, and then we'll announce, I think Q one, um, other major players uh, using ConConnect and on chain. Uh, you have to think that today, if you're a wallet and you want to offer staking on ETH. Uh, on any amounts, uh, when if you're a self-hosted wallet, you want to, to offer staking on ETH on any amount that is not liquid, uh, it's not possible. So that that's what uh, basically on-chain is uh, is solving. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And yeah, I think I mixed something up with the Coinbase wallet there. Um, but you you mentioned um, for the um, like so basically like delegators can can stake through the KN API and and there, there's no token. So it's very similar to the liquid staking. Um, but without a token, have you ever like considered um, rolling out your own liquid staking derivative as well um, from Kill directly, or is that something that's on top of your mind? Or um, we because we work with Alluvial, um, and 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 you know we think Lido and, and Alluvial are two different um, great great offering in the market. No, we we won't do that. But I can tell you that we see centralized liquid staking token emerging uh, more and more in the future, right? Um, you, you have seen the, the BETH, I think, was the, the main first one, Binance ETH, then the CBETH. Um, yeah, we see um, other exchanges or very uh, large institutions launching their own liquid staking token uh, for, for many reasons, which I think, even if it's, a, it's often a centralized version of liquid staking, it's, you know, again, it's still good for um, diversity in in the ecosystem. Awesome. No, that makes sense. Um, and just one last question here to close it off from Eric Bradshaw. Um, what does the roadmap look like for updates to the Ledger Live dashboard and what potential new analytic features are coming for Ledger Live users? Yeah, so um, <clears throat> what, what can I say? Um, Okay, let me say two things, right? Um, because obviously, I don't, I don't want to, um, to also announce uh, stuff that um, Preacher Ledger would, would like to announce themselves. But um, I can tell you that you will be able to stake any amount of ETH uh, on a non-liquid way, um, in addition to Lido Q1. That's that's what I told you earlier, and and, and that would be great. Um, if you have a Ledger, uh, you, you'll be able to to stake any amounts. Um, in the back end, will be our validators, but you know, in the future, it could be other validators as well. Um, I can tell you that if you staked already 30 batches of 33 ETH, um, 
through the Ledger Live since we launched, I think, three weeks ago, um, you might receive, and that, that was an amazing idea, um, never been implemented in production from Jim Magdal, uh, that you might, you might know if, you, if you're uh, familiar to the staking space, uh, of you might receive an NFT uh, representing your validator. Um, so I'll let, I'll let you imagine what you could do with, with this NFT. Uh, yeah, I guess that's the, um, the two things I can tell you right now. Awesome. Yes, and that's great news for all Ledger Live users. Um, if you're staking ease through Ledger Live, um, potentially receiving um, an NFT, which unlocks um, further functionality, I guess. Um, and cool. No, it was great. Um, Lazo, thank you so much for, for your time. So, so we can close it off here. Um, we had uh, great insights today. Um, thanks for being on the show. Like, what's the best way um, to follow you and to follow Kiln and everything that's coming up? Um, on the roadmap for the next few months? Yeah, um, you can always reach out to us, uh, to me, Laszlo uh, at Kion.fi. Um, you, can, you can also see which events uh, we are par uh, participating to. So Kion.fi slash events, um, uh, you know, in, in, in case you weren't at the staking summit. Um, and please look at our blog and, and, and our uh, YouTube video as well. Um, We, we pretty much, we do a lot of events um, in, in around ETHCC in our office. So if, if you, you, you turn out to be in Paris in July, um, would love to, to host you in our office. And thank you so much for having us. Awesome. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, being so generous with your time as well, Laszlo. Um, we've been speaking with Laszlo, the CEO of, of Kiln. Um, if you enjoyed the conversation, uh, check out the previous episodes on Spotify and YouTube. Subscribe to our channels and follow for all future episodes. We have great guests coming up. Check out our Staking Industry Ecosystem Report 2022 coming out uh, very soon as well um, for more insights into the staking industry um, from the data side and also from surveys to validators and users and so on. And follow me on Twitter at Berlin Crypto and our team at Staking Rewards. I'm Mirko Schmiedel. Uh, you've been listening to the Staking Mondays here on Staking Rewards. For Laszlo and for the audience, thanks for tuning in. Thank you, Mirko.